Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... If our minds are full of pride, we'll think we're better than everybody else. If our minds are full of worry, we'll never take a step of faith. And all the while, we live with a low-level guilt that we're not measuring up as human beings or specifically as Christians. Oh, but when you know the love of Jesus Christ, when you experience his mercy and forgiveness every day, every day, you're not that way. You're changing. Does your mind play tricks on you? The Bible teaches us that a mind filled with Christ is the most fulfilled and complete. Today, Pastor Jim explains how important it is to fill our minds with the right things. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of Philippians chapter 4 with his message entitled, Joyful Thinking. Mark 12, 30 and 31, Jesus says this. He goes, guy comes to him, religious guy comes to him and says, hey, tell me what's the greatest commandment. Jesus says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength, engaging your mind in the love of God in the pages of the Bible. He says, this is the first commandment and the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. But notice how they walk together. You cannot say you love God and hate people, but you can't love people to the exclusion of God. And true Christianity is this, is when the love of God invades your heart so deeply, so deeply that it transmits to the love of others. You become the friend that can be counted on. You become the one who wants to help others. He says here, whatever is true, that should be the mark of a Christian. True is not something we hammer people with. Truth is a person we share. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And while he may have struck you down in your pride when you became a Christian, he didn't hammer you with his love, did he? He didn't hammer you with his mercy. He didn't hammer you with his forgiveness. Our minds should be absorbed in these things. It should be noble and just and pure and lovely and good. All things that were true of the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore a mind that God desires in all men and women. Hear it as if the apostle is telling us this. If you want to be like Jesus, and most people do, if you want to be like Jesus, you've got to start to think like Jesus. And that begins with filling our minds with truth. And let's be honest, all of us, none of us are exempt from this. Our minds are filled with garbage, isn't it? Absolute garbage. Between the TV and the internet, we are onslaughted with garbage, garbage, garbage. Some studies say that the average person spends 25% of their awake time on television or the internet, and that's not work. It's a huge failure point for many Christians, and yet we struggle because we don't make adjustments. And yet the Bible teaches, the Bible never says to you, just get rid of this. It's always 
put this off and put this on. I liken it to this. It's just say you have this old ratty coat, right? It's just garbage. And God comes along and says to you, you're a child of the king. My kids don't dress like that. Put off that old coat and put on the righteous robe of Jesus Christ. So it's always put off and put on. And so the Bible doesn't say just toss the garbage out. It says replace it with the truth of the word of God. And let me tell you this, that I know it, that I know it from my own life and I see it and I see it from the lives of so many people in our own church and the lives of so many people I know. When you fill yourself up with the truth of the word of God, your appetite changes. You don't begin to love the same stuff anymore. You begin to love Jesus. Sometimes with some of the men in the church, some of you women are always wondering what I say to these guys. I always tell them, I say, you know, we need to fill ourselves up with Jesus so we love God, right? And like, well, I'm real busy, I'm real busy, I'm real busy. I said, if you're too busy, you won't love God. You've got to take that time. And then as we're leaving, I'll say, hey, let's go to New York City and go to some prostitutes. And they'll go, Pastor Jim, right? You can't do that. And I say, why wouldn't we do that? And they go, we're married men. We love our wives. Because what? Their desires have changed, They are filled with love. And this is what the word of God will do to you if you invest in it, if you plunge into the depths of Jesus Christ, your desires will change. God's desires will become your desires. Instead of being some snobby religious person who looks down on the people of this world, you will think, why was God so merciful to me? And you will want to extend the mercy of God to others. I don't know about you, but it scares me to death that God knows our thoughts. Does that scare you? That scares me. But it's important to see that real change, and I believe that most everyone in this room wants real change. We're so always dissatisfied with things. Real change must begin with our thoughts, it has to. It has to, because if it doesn't, what I want at the moment will rule. What I feel at the moment will rule. Young people, please, I beg of you, as someone who made a mistake in this area of my life, and honestly, it cost me 15 years of my life, what are you going to do when they offer you drugs? What is your answer? What are you going to do when they say to you, get in the car and the driver's been drinking or you don't know where they're going or you don't know the driver? What are you going to do? Make up your mind now. Make up your mind now. I never dreamed it would be a 15-year ride for me. Never dreamed of it. And so please, loved ones, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount shows us that our actions are so deeply related to our thinking One of my favorite biblical counselors to read is a fellow by the name of Paul Tripp. He tells a story of one time when him and his family, he's a younger kid and they go to some party and his uncle is drunk as a skunk and saying all kinds of dumb stuff and perverted things. So then he says, well, for my mom, it was like the rapture, man. I mean, just my mom grabbed me up and my brother and whisked me out of there. We got out of that place. And she threw us in the back of the car and we're driving down the road. We're breaking the law, we're speeding, we're going down. We come to a light. And my mother turns to us and she says this, listen, there's never anything that comes out of the mouth of a drunk that wasn't in their heart to begin with. 
And if our mind is filled with sin, given the opportunity, it will. If our mind is full of lust, given the opportunity to act it out, we might just act it out. Great Bible illustration of this. Two men, both really highly esteemed in the Bible, one by the name of Joseph. He's taken as a slave. Things are not going well. He's in the house of a fellow by the name of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife comes up. Potiphar's gone. He's out. How would you like to come and lie with me? And that doesn't mean tell a lie. What does he say? How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? What did he do? His mind had already made up in advance what he was going to do. We have another fellow. One of the greatest Bible writers the world has ever seen. David. What is he supposed to do? He's supposed to be out with the troops. What is he doing? He's up on the roof looking at some girl named Bathsheba doing something he's not supposed to do. And given the opportunity, what does he do? He takes her in. And then to cover up the crime, what does he do? He kills her husband. But it was all in his heart, in our minds. If our minds are filled with selfishness, what happens when an opportunity for generosity comes? We won't do it. If our minds are full of insecurity, what are we going to be? Defensive with every person we meet, thinking that they're out for our worst. If our minds are full of pride, we'll think we're better than everybody else. If our minds are full of worry, we'll never take a step of faith. And all the while, we live with a low-level guilt that we're not measuring up as human beings or specifically as Christians. Ah, but when you know the love of Jesus Christ, when you experience his mercy and forgiveness Every day, every day, you're not that way. You're changing. And you can have a mind filled with Christ and a mind that doesn't feel so habitually dirty. It feels clean. Well, number two, a life lived for Christ. Verse nine. Now, verse nine might sound a little odd to us. He says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me do. Like, hey, you watched me, right? Do what I do. Now, some of your versions say, put them into practice. Now, I don't know about you, but some people think, is he bragging? I always tell you, I can't stand when pastors give be like me sermons. They just drive me up the wall. You know, just like 45 minutes, two hours and 45 minutes, however long it is, just talking about, I'm so wonderful, I'm just great, look at me, do what I do. I'm like, some of you are grossed out too, right? You love it when I'm like, I'm a sinner. You're like, amen, Pastor Jim, you're a sinner, right? You like those kind of sermons, right? I just can't stand those sermons. Is that what he's doing here? Well, look back one chapter of chapter three, verse 17. He says, brethren, join in following my example. Wow. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, perhaps one of the biggest one. He says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. You're like, he's bragging. He's definitely bragging. But you've got to read verse 2. He says this, now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. Now, what are the traditions? That we always have eggnog at Christmas? No, that's not the traditions. The traditions are the teaching. The teaching. So let's think. When this was written, I mean, these are guys, they're writing, 
and then later on it was formulated to be the Bible. When this was written, did we have what's called the assembled New Testament? The answer is no. It's just being written now. So how were the early Christians taught? The early Christians were taught by the Old Testament, by the words of the apostles in their letters, but not all of them became the Bible, but also by the examples of the apostles and other followers of Jesus. And that's the way we're still taught in large measure today. We're taught by the word of God as given to us by the Bible writers, but also as it's seen in the lives of Jesus' followers. Now, I really want to pay particular attention to those of you who are guests with us today or perhaps not so familiar with the things of the Bible. It's very important to see that very, very, very few people who live in Northwest New Jersey have been taught the word of God. Very few. Very few churches teach the Bible. They use the Bible in their sermons, but very few churches actually teach the Bible anymore. They say that it's boring. People say to me all the time, I hear you teach the Bible verse by verse. I go, just about every Sunday. And they go, how do you do that without boring people? I'm like, I jack them up on caffeine, man. That's what I do, right? <laughs> now, I always say this, listen, the Bible's not boring. I can be boring, but the Bible's not boring. And so sometimes I'll say to people, you got to maybe look at the way you're teaching it. Maybe it has become a little bit boring. Maybe it's not engaging. I understand that attention spans are you know, going down, but we have to take a look at the way we do this. But very few people have been taught the Bible. If you grew up in most churches in this area, you probably have not been taught the Bible. Another thing we have to admit about our area is very few people have actually seen Christianity lived out. And if that's you, I'm really sorry. Because a lot of times, the people who are really living it out are not the people who are telling you all the time that they're Christian. They're just being Christian. They're just loving you. Because Jesus loved them. They're just trying to help you because Jesus helped them. And inevitably, it's almost always someone that God put in your life that was there at the right time and the right place when you needed God the most. But once you come to the place of turning to God and putting your trust in Jesus, I hope you see the place of honor that God has given you, that you get to represent Jesus Christ to the world. What an exciting opportunity. But you have to know him to represent him well. The Bible always marries word and deed. Jesus had a word and deed ministry. He preached the good news of the kingdom of God and then he showed people that the kingdom of God was on earth by doing miracles like he was God because he was God. The Bible always talks about knowing and doing. The Bible writers would never separate the two. They would say, if you say, well, I know the Bible, but I'm just not doing it, they would go, then you don't know it. You know, sometimes you hear people say, well, I'm Christian, I'm just not walking with the Lord. The Bible writers would go, What? <laughs> I always tell people, I believe the second half. <laughs> I don't know if you're Christian, but I believe you're not walking with the Lord. <laughs> That's easy to believe. See, it's not just knowing the Bible. It's actually living it out. But it's not just living it out, going around telling everybody you're such a good person. It's actually knowing it as well. And so here he says, those things that you learned, that you received, that you heard, you saw in me, what you saw me do, you do them too. And the idea is continually do them. Continually live the Christian life. 
You see, the teaching of the word of God is to help us know God and to become more like Jesus. And how we think about this is critical. How we think about this is critical. And so true Christians hear and think, and then they demonstrate that it's part of them by acting out the truth. And this is something very, very basic. And I don't want to be insulting here, but this is so very basic. The Christian life doesn't work unless you live the Christian life. I hear so many people saying, well, the Christian life didn't work. And I'll say, well, let's talk about that. Bad person to tell, right? And I say, well, let's talk about that. And it's like saying, oh, I joined a health club in January. And in December, I asked my money back because I didn't get in shape. Well, how often did you go? I never went. It doesn't work. It doesn't fly. And the Christian life will not work for anybody unless we apply what the word of God says, unless we engage it at the level of the mind, we are thinking people. And then we go out and do it. I hear people say to me all the time, well, you Christians, you know, you're jumping out of the plane without a parachute. I go, no, we're the ones jumping out of the plane with the parachute. (laughs) The parachute is Jesus. He's the savior. He's the one who's going to save us. Matthew 7, 24, a very familiar passage in the Bible that a lot of people know. Jesus says this, he goes, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, hears them, right? And does them, I will liken to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, who's the rock? Jesus, right? Now, most of us know, have heard this before, and if you haven't, that's okay, and you know that a storm came. And the guy who built his house on the rock, right? The storm came and his house was fine. He might have lost a few shutters here and there, right? Maybe he needs a new paint job. Maybe he needs to do some work. Don't always think that the storm's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna be you know, like Teflon Don or something like that. Nobody's ever gonna get to me. There's gonna be times where it's gonna be difficult. You know, David said, I fought lions and bears to keep the sheep safe. And we think like, oh, it was like scat. No, a fight is, means he probably got roughed up a little bit. So you're going to get roughed up a little bit, but listen to this. Jesus says this, there was another guy who was a fool. He says, the fool, he built his house on the sand. Very interesting comment. What he says after that, we tend not to pay attention to it because we're so obsessed with building our house on the rock. He says that they heard it just like the guy who built his house on the rock, but they didn't do it. What does that mean? That means that we could come in to Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, week after week after week and hear God's word and not do God's word and find out that our house is built on the sand. To find out that we have been foolish and God doesn't want that for any of us. The Bible writers took very seriously the power of the word of God and the power of example in a life well-lived for the kingdom of God. Now, we're flawed. We're all flawed. We will never get this perfect, but it is powerful. It requires not perfection. Only one was ever perfect, Jesus Christ. It requires not perfection, but vigilance in our thinking. Again, toss out the garbage and bring in the truth. And so it goes like this. You wake up, it's garbage day. You bring the garbage out to the sidewalk, right? You're like, I gotta get rid of this. It stinks. It's not good. I don't want this in my house anymore. You take it out to the sidewalk, right? Or if you have teenagers, you make them do it. You take it out to the sidewalk. (laughs) You take it out to the sidewalk, and then somebody comes along and empties it, and empties it. 
What you bring back is empty and you're bringing it back into your house. And here's the question, what are you gonna fill it up with? Are you gonna take out the garbage and just fill it with more garbage in your mind? Or are you gonna take out the garbage and you're gonna finally say, you know what? Jesus, thank you for cleaning the inside of my garbage can out. Maybe I'm gonna fill it with something different. Not gonna be perfect, I know that, but I know that you're gonna help me, Jesus, and I know that you're gonna be with me, and I know that you're gonna forgive me. The Christian life comes natural to no one without filling our mind with the word of God. We're selfish people. Those of you with little ones, right? Just take something out of their hand and go, mine, and you'll see. (laughs) We're programmed that way. We're programmed that way. See, we can't expect to live the Christian life without removing certain things from our lives and replacing them with other things. We can't live the Christian life without knowing what it is and what it's not. See, you can only be influenced by what you know. And if you don't know the word of God, that's why I'm so, listen, I'm so excited that you're here. But if we don't stay at it, you can't come once a month and think that it's going to be okay. We have to stay at it continuously so we can be influenced by the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, if you went to those people in Philippi, let's say you visited their church, right? And it's been 10 years ago since the Apostle Paul founded the church. And you're just hanging out with some of the people there. You weren't there at the beginning. And you go, what was that guy like? What would you hear? You hear, you know what? He wasn't the best looking guy, the tradition says. And we know that his voice wasn't so good. He wasn't such a good public speaker. So we were kind of like, he knows a lot, but man, to listen to him is a little rough. But man, that dude had character. I mean, they told him to stop preaching about Jesus and he looked them right in the eye and goes, I can't do that. Because there's people that don't know Jesus who are going to go to hell if I don't tell them. Can't do that. What else was he like? Oh, he was really generous. Do you know he had a tent making business? Because he didn't want to be a burden to us. He didn't want to be a burden to anywhere. Now, if there was gifts, we talk about this in the weeks to come. If there was gifts, he would take gifts, right, for the ministry, But not only did he support himself, but he was generous with his money with us. He was helping us and giving us money instead of us giving it to him. What else was he like? He was really selfless. He told us about how selfless Jesus was, that he was perfect, he was God. He didn't think that, he wasn't walking around going, hey, I'm God, you should you know, bow to me. No, he actually was humble and loved people and met with people who the rest of society thought, well, you're sinners or you're messed up. No, he actually loved on those people. He met those people. He loved them like human beings. Wasn't just like feeling sorry for them, like, oh, get it together. No, and then Paul told us about this, about Jesus. And then we watched him with other people and he was just like that. We watched him going around hugging people that the religious people wouldn't even tell him what time it was. What else was he like? Man, he could love on people, but yet he was so strong. It was like when people needed mercy, he gave mercy. When false teachers came in, he was in their face. You need to get out of here. You're leading people astray. Getting arrested, getting beat up, getting thrown in jail. And the guy was so stable because he was grounded in the word of God. He did the battle with his mind every day. 
repetitively. And if you wanted to know something, the wisdom poured out of this guy's socks. His mind was chock full of Jesus, not religion, and he was wise. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the Word of God is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Change by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you, so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Change by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you would like to bless us by writing us a card or a letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.